Thanks for watching this episode of Turning to Him. I invite you to just take a few seconds right now at the beginning and subscribe to this channel so that you can get more videos like this in your feed. Thanks again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Turning to Him. My name is Zach Batty, and this week I am here with uh, Sven. I want to get this right. Sven Hagenvors. Did I did, was I close? Yes. Yes, you were close. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, it's a bless- blessing to be here. Thank you for letting me on. Uh, Sven, where are you from? I'm from uh, Gothenburg, Sweden. So basically Northern Europe. Okay. And uh, let's see, if I'm remembering my geography correctly, Sweden is a long country. Is that true? Yes, in, uh, near the Baltic Sea, and it's uh, Norway to the left and Finland to the right. And are you in northern Sweden or southern Sweden? Uh, I'm on the west coast, like what? a little bit more than south of Sweden. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, winter has hit. I'm sure, of course, winter really never leaves Sweden. I mean, I mean, it, this is the first day with like minus degrees Celsius. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's lovely. I like it. <laughs> awesome, fantastic. I spent uh, just a couple days in Norway and just fell in love with that part of the country. It, or, I'm sorry, that part of the world. It is so beautiful. So yeah, beautiful. it's very lovely over there. I like it there. Have you uh, lived in Sweden your whole life? Yes, I've lived in Sweden my whole life. Okay. Um, to start us off, tell us about your growing up years. What what is life? What was life like for you? Okay, so I grew up in well in the house I'm living in right now. Actually, like my parents owns a big house, and me and my brother we grew up together. He we are sadly three months premature, and he had complications, so he has been in a wheelchair for his like whole life. So a lot while growing up my parents had to focus on him. So I was always on my own, out playing, playing video games. I was like, I was a very independent kid, I want to say. And I'm still kind of independent, but as a child, I did a lot of things for myself. And I kind of liked it. I kind of was just on my own floor, my own room, like hanging out, playing video games with friends going around in the nature around here because I live in a part of Gothenburg where is like a lot of nature around like there's a lot of like there's a big garden kind of thing like it's very cool so my life as a child was was very nice uh I I like I wasn't religious at all when I was a child I was an atheist my parents were Buddhist but they didn't want to force it on me so like they were like, decide by yourself. And apparently, when I was like five years old, I told my mother, I was like, there's not a God. And that was that. Uh, I really never thought about it as a child. I was just like, rolling along with life. My grandmother's mother and grandfather, they were Christian, but like, I, I never really did anything. I attended church like once or twice on Christmas. As you know, music. Because in Sweden, it's kind of a thing going to church, even if you're not Christian. For the music, like there are concerts going on, you're singing Christmas music. It's kind of cool. That I really like. But except that, 
Not a lot. No, I was I was just going with life and like I had no struggles as a like when I grew up. Like no real struggles. So like okay. at no point I needed to turn to God for like answering. Sure, sure. Do you do you feel like there was a heavy Buddhist influence in your household growing up or because uh, I mean you also said that your parents wanted you to choose for yourself. Um, yeah, no. There were no uh influence. Okay. So as far as any any relationship with the divine or anything other than this temporal world, you were left open to discover that for yourself or explore that for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, so basically like I I never showed interest in Buddhists. They never really taught me. Like I wasn't interested. Sure. Uh, my parents were like very involved in the Buddhist local community. So I'm like, I met quite a lot of people that were Buddhists because they used to sleep at my parents' house because it was like, oh, they've got a big house. Oh, Sven, just they can sleep in your room. Like if anything is coming, you know, so, like sure. once a year or something, I had to like give up my room with someone. I honestly thought that was quite annoying, but you know, I get it. It's their way of showing like kindness to the, their community. Yes. But, but like, no, I I never showed interest in the actual religion. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about it now. Most things I know are from school. Like, okay. I have very limited knowledge about it. Okay. So that's, that's young Sven's world. Pretty much everything's going well. You're on your own. Um, you've got supporting parents that aren't pushing you in any direction or anything like that um what what happens so like it was like it was like this until like i was turning well 18 or yeah around there like uh around 18 19 life started to become a bit more difficult at the end of high school like a lot of things to do and i think i got kind of stressed uh and then you know i after high school i started to work a year and then corona hit and that completely ruined me as a person i used to be someone liking working six times a week mm-hmm. and it went from that to not working at all and it just it just tanked my mental health like it it was really bad for me uh so actually like the summer of 2020 i attempted suicide uh, because I felt like I couldn't continue. And something you maybe should know about me, I'm a person that's very goal-oriented. Like, when I set my mind to something, I do it. Like, I try to get it down. And this is really bad in a context of you wanting to kill yourself, because then I don't want to feel like a failure. I don't want to feel like I failed doing something, even though it's a really bad decision. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you talk yourself into it, and, like, you don't really have anyone to talk to because when I grew up like I was independent but I never talked feelings with my parents and we never talked because they always assumed I was okay because you know I was a stronger child right I was the one that didn't have problems and that became a problem when I had a problem because I felt a little bit like I couldn't turn to them um but yeah just a quick side note here that got way better like afterwards like now we talk about feelings all the time like we we're like one of those loving families now just the other day my father was like hey Sven can I hug you like I don't know I was like yes I'm just giving a hug 
That's great. That means, means a lot to me. So that means everyone can change. But yeah, okay, so 2020 hit, like, yeah, I tried to commit suicide. I obviously failed because I'm here. Or, well, I actually got talked out of it. I wanted to jump from a bridge and I had a rope around my neck. And then somebody walked up, starting talking to me, like out of nowhere. And, you know, just made me have like a breakdown about it. And I'm so grateful that Lloyd saved, sent someone to save me. Like that, that was his true first sign. I didn't realize it back then, but like he just tried to save me so badly. And yeah, so like someone talked me out of it. Just a random stranger just saw me. And then they called the ambulance. I got into the hospital and well, I was in there for a week. Uh, and my my girlfriend at the time, she lived in Germany. But like after that, we decided to, she decided to move to Sweden for us to live together. And now when I think back about it, that went very quickly. Uh, I, I didn't think that was the best thing to do now, but then I was like, yes, this is such a good thing to do, but it really wasn't. Um, and honestly, after the first suicide attempt, like life continued. I started studying software engineering and management. I never truly dealt with the problems a suicide attempt got. Uh, and because I didn't get any therapy really, I went on some medication for a while, then stopped. I don't know about like a little bit more like uh, September, I think it was last year or October. October maybe it was last year. Uh, so like one and a half years later, uh, I attempted suicide again. Uh, and this time I also survived, but this time, like, I cannot continue this road, you know, of like getting worse and getting better and then getting worse again. I was like, this is not working. And I really was just like, I started to look like for answers. And, you know, the first religion is like Christianity because, like, we live in the Western world. Christianity is like the religion, right? So I started just to read the Bible and to like look for churches to go to. And I got this old, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I just want to back up a little bit and, and I mean, talk about the, the marvel of the situation. So the first time you attempt suicide, you're standing on a bridge. Is this a busy bridge? Are there lots of people walking around? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So let me give, we have in Gothenburg, uh, there's basically like one city here, one city here, and then there's a river in between. You had two bridges, right. and I stood on one of the bridges where, like, we have trams. All the trams are going there. There's, like, cars going there multiple every minute. So lots of people walked past you and didn't do anything. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of – and one person. One person. One person saw me and just, you know, was, like, one of those here that so just call and, like, instantly started talking to me. What is he talking to you about? He was like, he first was like, yo, what are you doing? And I was like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Like this life is amazing or something like that. Like everything will be all right. You know, the cliche things. And then we just started talking. And as soon as he like started to talk, it's like something snaps within me. And it's like, are you starting having a breakdown? Like, 
something in within me can feel like this is not what I want to do. Like I got things to live for, and it just I just felt so emotionally about it. Like it was it was like this. It was like I realized that I really messed up and that I made so many people disappointed. I disappointed myself, but more than that, I disappointed my whole family. Like, this was really hard for my parents, especially my father, because he had a little brother that committed suicide a long time ago. That I actually didn't know committed suicide until afterwards. I never kind of knew her. I never knew how he died, but apparently I had committed suicide. And he was around my age when he did it, and it was like really hard for him. So, like, sorry, go ahead. No, no, yeah, it was like hard for him to like deal with this because I woken up things within him that he was buried. So before this, do your parents know that you're not doing well? Does your girlfriend know that you're not doing well? Have you talked to uh, about this? I, I talked to my girlfriend about it. Uh, she knew it. Uh, my parents did not. She was kind of on the way to like Sweden because I wasn't doing that well. I was like, we were talking like she she was like coming over because it's a few hour travel if you take like the flight. Uh, she was coming over because she had nothing in university anyways and I was like I kind of need you and but I didn't tell her I wanted to commit suicide like I didn't tell her I was going to commit suicide rather because I didn't want her to stop me I I felt like I didn't want to get talked out of it wow I mean there's a there's a message right there of be the person on the bridge that stops. Yeah, always. I do that every time. Like if you see anyone in public crying or something, you just walk to them, ask them how you're doing. Like be the person, be 50 minutes late because you helped someone. Yeah. It's be a servant, like help people no matter what. And that's like one of the things I try to do now. Like I always try to help people if I can. Have you interacted with that individual at all? Do you know who they are? No, I have no idea who it is. It's like a random person. I can't even, I I don't remember their face. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, that's that's my first takeaway from this is potentially hundreds of people walked past you. And I'm sure that they're all great people. I'm sure that they all had they love their kids and they take care of their spouses and they're wonderful people. But one individual saw a problem, saw a potential situation and, and stepped in to help. Oh, wow. Okay. So talk to me and I, and I don't necessarily want to dwell on this too much, but talk to me about the second attempt. How, um, what stopped you on the second attempt? So it was basically like this, uh, I, I took a lot of like pain medication to try to opioids to try to overdose. And what basically happened was that okay, so it was like this. Uh this was a time where like things were kind of going back to campus, but not for me, but for my girlfriend. And her university was like an hour away. So she was on a lecture, 
I took the medication, whatever, uh, and I I started to feel really sick. Uh, and then when she came home, she saw that I was not doing okay. I was trying to hide it because I didn't want to tell her. And in the end, she figured out by using like some internet searches or something. And it was like, you got to go to the ER right now. I went to the ER and spent the night there. And like, you know, they, they needed to keep a control on me because it was kind of a dangerous situation. I ended up being high for like five days straight. Sure. It was like, yeah, it was. I don't remember anything from that, basically. Like, yeah, okay. Uh, so, I mean, what are your what are your parents doing at this point now? And because I mean, you mentioned that after the second attempt, you realized, okay, I'm I'm not taking care of the underlying problem here. Yeah. I was like after the first attempt, you maybe spoke to a therapist or you, you spoke to somebody about it. You got prescriptions to try to help yeah. the mental health. Yeah. Care. So like after my first attempt, I got a little bit of therapy, like a few times, but not more than that. After my second attempt, it was like this. A week after about that, I went to my parents. I like sat them down. I was like, I haven't been feeling great lately. And I tried to commit suicide and like, I'm sorry, I want to be open about this. And they just, they looked at me and they said like, be so thankful for your life, love you. And then my mother was like, I'm going to buy you therapy. And then she bought me therapy. Like, she just gave me like, because she had been seeing someone after my first attempt, because it was really hard on them, right? And she just gave me this person and I started talking to her and she was like, she was really helping me. Like she realized a lot of things. I realized a lot of things from her. For example, that like, I had an unhealthy view on my, on my body, as an example. Like I needed to start appreciating things about myself. And she really helped me. And after that, at least the part of therapy really helped me to get rid of those problems. But therapy can't fix everything. It can't fix the underlying of your soul being torn and your spiritual part. Yeah. And I think that was why I found the, well, found Christianity, uh, found, you know, God, Jesus. And yeah, to try to fix that part. Even though I didn't really know at the moment that that was the part I wanted to fix, I realized that that was something I needed in my life. Because I needed to make drastic change. I needed to find out why am I like, why is it just going around in the mind? What can I do to break the circle, to break the bad trend? 